I am super excited this morning because we have Josh and Laurel uh, Lowe that are here this morning with us. And uh, the reason that I asked them to come uh, and to stand here with me and answer a few questions is because uh, we're just two weeks from Easter now. And um, we have so many opportunities in our county and our city to reach out to people uh, in this season with something just as simple as an invitation to Easter service. But I asked these guys to come and uh, share a little bit of their story with you because of the kind of the unique way that they came to Kingwood and I wanted you to get to know them. So um, tell, tell me this morning, uh, how did you guys come to Kingwood? Kind of tell us a little about that story. Okay. Um, we originally were invited to Scrooge by um, our cousins, Kayla and Jason. Um, and we came that night, um, saw the play, absolutely loved it. Um, and then later on, we were talking about it, and Kayla and Jason were like, well, why don't y'all come to service with us one morning? And so we did that, and I think the best way for me to describe it is we had just recently bought a new home, not long before we did that. And um, I don't know if any of you got this feeling when you bought your home, but when you walk in and you just have that feeling of this is home, this is the one we want, you know. Um, it was very similar to that. We came into service and you could just feel the Holy Spirit move through you. And to me, for me, that's when I knew this was home. Um, so we've been, we've been coming ever since. Josh? Yeah, yeah. like she said, um, we, di we didn't grow up in this, this area. So we, we, lived, we bought the house in the Oak Mountain area. And um, <clears throat> we still like you. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, especially if you knew where I was, the <laughs> west part of Jefferson County, um, where, I'm, where I'm from. She grew up in Homewood. Um, so really, um, you know, when we came, we, we really didn't know, know a lot about Kingwood because, um, you know, like I said, we're not from this area. So when we, you know, when we came and it instantly, because when we, when we moved there, we, we visited a couple of different places closer to town. And um, just really, really never got that feeling we got when we came here. And, um, you know, we have a five-and-a-half-year-old and a, a four-year-old, <clears throat> and they, when the weekend gets close, they're asking us, are we going to church today? You know, yeah. so the fact that they love it so much here and the children's program is just amazing. So that's, it's, it all just came together for us. Now, how long have you guys been at Kingwood? <clears throat> A, li a little over a year. Yeah, it was Just 2013 was the Scrooge, the winter of the Scrooge we came to. So, so. that next year you guys yeah, came and, back. And, and throughout the year, um, as we became more comfortable and we got involved and we got um, in our life group hitched, which is amazing. <laughs> Shout out. A couple of fans here. It's yeah. amazing. You know, it, it helps. You know, it helps people that are visiting who just come to service. If you can also invite them to, hey, try out a life group. Yeah. And it, it, what it's became for us and for our family, it's became like family and like our home. So, you know, without, without that invitation, um, everything that this has, you know, come to be for us, you know, I, we wouldn't be here. Wow. And to think, to think that we missed it, we we come this close to uh, to missing it, you know. All without that, you know, all with an invitation. How, how many of you 
you're glad this morning that the Lowe family's here. Are you glad for that? Super cool, isn't it? Really cool. Well, here, here's what's uh, struck me about their story when I first heard it. How close they were to not being here. It really came down to only one thing. It came down to somebody invited them. And um, I don't know if you know this or not. I've never said this to you guys. You probably haven't heard this before. 82% of people who are, who are involved in a local church are involved because a friend or a family member invited them. And you see how that invitation opens up a whole world. I mean, I was so struck, Josh, by what you said. You know, how meaningful your life group and kids' ministry things become to you and then how you really aren't from this area, so you really didn't ever travel down here. You had no natural reason to even pass the building. But, yeah, we, yeah, we never would, yeah. Yeah, but now because somebody uh, invited you. So give these guys a great big hand for coming and sharing their story. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So um, our ushers have some uh, invitation cards that I want to hand out to you for Easter service. So they're going to they're gonna hand those out, and as they're handing them out, let me just say a couple things to you. Uh, I'm going to send you an email tomorrow. If, you're, if you have your address, your email address, <clears throat> I'm going to send you an email tomorrow that's just going to have some information about how you can get involved uh, in Easter service. And so a uh, couple things you can do at the bottom of the, we have a, a web page, go to kingwoodchurch.com, on the scrolling banner there, just press the Easter button. That'll take you to another page, and everything Easter for Kingwood is on that page. And <clears throat> there's several ways you can get involved in Easter service. Uh, one is there's a little button there, like if you're inviting a friend, you can link them to that page. They can go there and find out service times, when our kids ministry, uh, what service are we going to be translating into Spanish. You can find out all that there. Uh, there's a little fact button. They can push and find out any facts they need about how to dress or any of that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> the next button is serve. In order for us to open our arms and welcome, welcome in people like Josh and Laurel who may be here for the first time or, or maybe in a long time, uh, it, takes, it takes dozens and dozens and dozens of people to serve and to welcome. And so that morning, we need your help in serving. We need folks that will help us in greeting and in greeting in the parking lot, greeting in the foyer, uh, greeting at different entrances and exits. And so we want to we wanna show that we have an open door. We want to have a warm welcome when people arrive. So there are no life groups that are going to be meeting on Easter Sunday. So that means that there are a lot of people available now to serve. So if you can help us serve, you can sign up for one service, for two, for three, however you can do it. Um, go on the on same page, hit the serve button, and that'll link you there. Uh, also, you can invite. The Easter graphic that we have on the card in your hand, uh, the Easter graphic that we have <clears throat> is fully downloadable. So if you'll go on to our Easter page where it says invite, push that button, and it'll give you several ways. If you want to share it on Facebook, if you want to grab it and make it your Facebook homepage, if you want to put it out on Twitter, if you want to send it in an email, any way that you want to use it on Instagram, you can just post it as a picture on Instagram and the times are already on there. Any way that you want to use it, you own it now. And so you can do anything that you want to with it. You can share it, spread it, however you want to do it. Also, there's one other button there that says follow. 
And what I want to do is just give you an invitation to follow me on Facebook because what I'm going to be doing, I uh, already started, is I'm going to be sharing something uh, nearly every day between now and Easter, an inspirational thought. I'll be giving you Easter updates, giving you information. If you want to share those, that's a great way to minister to people. For better or for worse, people are ministered to today in sound bites. And it's oftentimes a thought that is a seed that is planted in their mind that the Holy Spirit uses to then produce fruit later. And so you can take quotes, information, thoughts, things that I'm putting on there, things that you find on your own, and you can share them with a friend, or you can post them, or you can do whatever you want with them, like them, and, and that will continue to spread across the technological waves uh, through, through all the friends that we know, information about Easter, thoughts about Easter, inspirational thoughts about Easter. And our goal is to try to engage people in resurrection, right? That's what, in the end, that's what Easter is. It's not Good Friday, it's Easter. It's resurrection. It's resurrection power. It's life transformation. And so we're going to be giving you a lot of ways to do that. The email that I'm sending you will explain all of that. So you've got the card there. I know that I, if you were here last week, I handed you one last week. But I know that you've already handed it out. And you've already invited somebody. So I didn't want you to run out. So I thought that I'd just give you another one today, okay? All right. Turn in your Bible with me to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And we're going to continue our series that we've called Follow Me. This series that we've called Follow Me. Now, as we begin to focus on Easter, we think about Jesus' life, especially those last few weeks leading up to his death. And reflecting on Jesus' life helps us understand what it means to be a Christian. Now, we live in a part of America where one of the biggest challenges that we have is cultural Christianity. In other words, Christianity that's defined by externals, not by internals. So I listen to Christian radio. I, I know how to talk Christian. I can do Christian speak. My relatives are Christian. My granddad was a pastor. I grew up in church. American Christianity is in serious need of growing up, of, of maturing, of, of producing greater fruit in the kingdom. But I do see encouraging signs. I really do. Uh, Everybody who studies this, statisticians tell us that Christianity is in decline, and numerically that is true. The percentage of Christians in America is shrinking and has been for decades and will continue to. But some of the story that we don't often hear is much of the decline is coming through cultural Christians. In other words, cultural Christians are becoming more comfortable every year with saying, I'm not Christian or I don't go to church, or I don't read my Bible, or I, I don't follow Christ, or I don't know what I believe, or I'm not sure what religion I would put myself in. So cultural Christianity is shrinking, but there is a new growth and a new hunger and a new maturity that I see beginning to rise on a grassroots level in our country, and it's very exciting. Now, it usually comes in a time of crisis, and it is. But it's very exciting to see that new life and that new birth coming. Now, in, in this context... It's important for us to keep asking the question, what does it mean to be a Christian? So what we've basically said in this series is this. What it means to be a Christian is it means following Jesus. It means putting your foot in the footprints that he left. It means doing what he's doing, doing what he would do if he were here. 21 times in the New Testament when Jesus met someone or encountered someone, he would say, follow me. It's the most often given 
uh, invitation in Scripture by Jesus. He would say, follow me. So a lot of the other ways that we are used to saying that, Jesus never used those. He said, follow me. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? Here's what we've said in the series so far. If you've missed any of the messages, I'd encourage you to go on iTunes. Uh, You can get the podcast and, and catch up with us. Uh, The first person we looked at was Matthew, the tax collector. Jesus basically goes to him and says, follow me to new life. So one of the invitations Jesus gives us is from our old life to our new life. Last week we talked about Simon Peter and Andrew, who Jesus basically goes to him and says, follow me uh, and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Follow me to greater purpose. And so today we're going to look at a a new person in Scripture that Jesus basically says, follow me to open doors. Follow me to open doors. Uh, So the person we're going to look at today is Philip. Now, uh, Philip is a Jesus follower. In his following of Jesus, we learn a lot about what it means to be a Christian. In John 1.43, this is where Jesus met Philip. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, here we go again, follow me. Now, Philip is one of the lesser known of the 12 disciples. You know, I suppose if, um, if he were in uh, superhero uh, land, he would have been, you know, maybe like uh, Aquaman or he would, among the 12, he wasn't really Superman or Batman or, you know, he wasn't really in that, he wasn't in that level. He was kind of a second or third tier disciple in, in terms of popularity. I mean, Simon Peter seemed to have... Uh, the characteristics of a leader even before he was a Christian. And so it would have been very natural for him to be a leader then in the kingdom. Matthew was a tax collector, Luke was a doctor, and now here you have Philip, plain old Philip. And so even his name, I mean, say say his name with me this morning, say Philip. Yeah, see, it sounds like vanilla, doesn't it? Vanilla. I mean Philip, I mean vanilla. Philip. Old vanilla. He's just plain old vanilla. Every time we see old vanilla, he just seems to sort of be a little bit out of his element. Just an ordinary man trying to flourish in a world of pecan, praline, turtle fudge, and strawberry cheesecake. Plain old vanilla. So old vanilla's reaction to follow Jesus was to go tell his friends. And later in the chapter, you can read about where uh, in chapter 8, not where we're going to read today, but beyond that, you can read where he meets a man named Nathaniel, and uh, he found... Uh, what he basically tells Nathaniel is, hey, I found the guy that uh, the Old Testament told us about who's God's son. I found Jesus. I met him. I saw him. I talked to him. I know where he is. Nathaniel's not impressed at all. At all. Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, there's probably a reason that Nathaniel said that. It's probably because of a rivalry between Nazareth and, and Cana. Now, can you imagine if someone ran in here this morning and said, hey, I found God's son. I found, let's just pretend Jesus never came, but he came now. And, and somebody said, I found God's son. I found Jesus, the one we've been waiting on, the one who's going to die for the world, save everybody in their sins. I found the Messiah, the miracle worker. I found him. I talked to him. I know where he's at. And somebody said, where's he at? And they said, Tuscaloosa. Can you imagine how that would go over? Tuscaloosa? All the Auburn fans would say. Can anything good come out of Tuscaloosa? Great. They have Nick Saban, and now they have Jesus, too? And I imagine we'd hear all about the national championship they were cheated out of all over again. Anybody here with me? Or let's just say for a minute somebody came running in and said, I found Jesus. He's in Auburn. 
All the Alabama fans would say, I knew they had help with that kick six. I knew it. I knew it. So old Vanilla, he doesn't even try to answer the question. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know what he says? Well, well, why don't you come and see? Why don't you come and find out for yourself? Now, I'm very encouraged by that thought that it's not all up to me and it's not all up to you. We're actually conduit. We're actually in invitations to Jesus. We're actually not the answer ourselves. I'm encouraged that we don't have to have all the answers to every question. And he basically said, why don't you come see for yourself? Now, that we see that theme over and over and over again in Scripture. Do you remember when Jesus meets the woman at the well and he tells her things about her life? She, she didn't know anybody knew her. She didn't know this stranger would know. And she runs back in the town and what does she say? Come and meet a man who told me everything about my life. Come and see. And the whole town, the whole town comes to meet Jesus. And it's the same invitation, the angels on resurrection morning when the two ladies gathered at the tomb and, and uh, the, just before they did that, the angel appears to them and says, uh, come and see the place where Jesus was. Come and see for yourself. That invitation is still powerful today. Come with me and see for yourself. You know one thing I've noticed about Christianity and the church and Christ followers and all this? People who have a testimony also have an invitation. People whose lives have been changed end up telling somebody else about it. They do. They don't hold it in. They, they don't, they, it's good news. Something has changed in life. So here old Vanilla is early in his journey following Jesus. His life's been changed so much he's already got an invitation. So you can see in old Vanilla's life that Jesus is working in him and working his way out of him. Now, for three years, he followed Jesus physically. And in that following, there's some things that we see in his life that we can learn from. There's some doors that opened for him. Uh, so much so, do you know the early church actually gave Ovanilla a title? You know what the, they titled him? Philip the Evangelist. That's what they named him. Plain old, good old, every day. If there's anybody in Scripture ought to be an encouragement to us, it ought to be Philip. Because he's just vanilla. He's your garden variety, everyday version of Christian. But God used him in a powerful way. And I want to show you three doors this morning that were opened because he followed Jesus. Because he followed Jesus. Those doors open when we follow. Here's the first one. If you've got something to, to write with, I encourage you just to just to jot these down or, or tap them out on your, on your phone. The first door is a door to the uncomfortable. Acts chapter, four, uh, chapter 8, verse 4. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Incredible work of God being done in that city. And what was very significant about this encounter was where it happened. It happened in Samaria. Now, if you don't know the history, there was a lot of tension between the Jews and the Samaritans. Because in the Jews' opinion, God had rejected the Samaritans. And if God had rejected them, 
then they had every right to reject them themselves. So no Jew would have seriously considered ever reaching out to a Samaritan and would have discouraged any other Jew from doing that themselves. But Samaria is where Jesus met the woman at the well. Remember that? And Samaria is where Jesus went to her house and ministered to her, and the whole Samaritan village came out to meet Jesus. Now, Vanilla was the first disciple who went back to Samaria after Jesus died and rose from the, from the dead. He was the first one that went back. He never had a problem moving outside his comfort zone. After all, he was just following what he saw Jesus do. Now, it's easy for you and I to get stuck in a rut, to get stuck in a routine, to, get, to crave what's comfortable, to long for what feels best to us. It's easy for us to write off people that are different than us, or look different than us, act different than us, uh, speak a different language than we do. But old Vanilla, when he followed Jesus, it led him somewhere outside his comfort zone. And when God opened that door, it opened up a door to a red, hot Revival. I can remember when uh, Stacy and I were in college, and uh, we were uh, we were dating. May have been engaged. I, I can't remember exactly the year, but there was a church in St. Petersburg, Florida, that was about an hour drive from the school, and we really felt like the Lord drew us there to serve for a while, and we did. And it was a Haitian church. It was a, a congregation of people from Haiti, and the pastor was from Haiti. And he uh, felt called to reach out there. And the whole church was Haitian. And uh, we felt called to be there. And we, we, we're the only white people within 30 miles at least. We're right there in the middle of that Haitian church singing Islander songs. And those people were so kind to us. They would invite us over to their home after service because they knew we drove, drove a long way. And, you know, we'd eat at different church members' houses. And we learned a lot about island food and uh, uh, soupy beans and rice and vegetables in the rice and uh, chicken and all the things that they would eat. So we would eat over to their house and we'd come back for service that night. And we were in this little block building. It's maybe, I don't know, maybe 80 or 100 people. We're in this little block building, and I'm telling you, when they would sing together, you know, like being in key didn't matter. None of that mattered at all. It was not about being in key. It was not about singing the right note. It was about volume. And, man, we'd come out of that thing. That little block building was like a drum, and they'd be swaying, you know. And I I got no rhythm. You know, I'd barely walk. I got no rhythm. I'd be up in there swaying with the Haitian people. Yes, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. You know, going with them. And and you know what? It It was literally... Uh, one of the great experiences of our life. And we were able to minister. We were able to contribute. We were able to be part of that church. And one thing I found is when you follow Jesus, he'll lead you outside your comfort zone. He'll lead you to do some things that maybe you never thought you'd have done. But, but he's, he's working on something. <laughs> he's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's, he sees an end in mind. If you follow Jesus close enough, He'll move you outside your comfort zone. So it doesn't mean that you'll live outside your giftings or you'll live outside your strengths. You're not going to make most of the impact of your life outside your giftings or your strengths. That's not what it means. What it does mean is that he will keep leading you to places that you will be disturbed enough that you will know that you need to depend on him. That you will know that you need his power. You will know you need his presence. You will know that there's no way you're getting this done by yourself. That he's involved in leading you. One of the reasons that I know that Kingwood Church is following Jesus 
is because Jesus keeps moving us outside of our comfort zone. The most segregated hour in America in 2015 is Sunday morning. The most segregated hour in Shelby County is uh, in 2015 is Sunday morning. And I know that we're following Jesus because we see diversity inside our church and God continues to bless it. How, how many of you were here for Christian, uh, Christmas communion service? How many, of you, how many of you are here for that? Yes. Yes. I, I, I brought a couple of pictures. I wanted, yeah, there you go. That was the Christmas communion service. You can see across the room. Now, I want you to just look at it for a minute. What I, what I said that morning is, is the table of communion is open to everyone equally. And I want to ask every non-white minority if you would come and let us serve you first. And that is what the altar area looked like that morning. Jam-packed, overflowing. That is not happening everywhere. That is not happening most wheres. That is happening here where. And so what I want to say to you is, you know you're following Jesus, and it's not easy, and it's not comfortable. And, it's, and everybody has to give a little and learn a little and reach across a little and open a little. And everybody has to sacrifice. Boy, it sounds like the kingdom. Everybody's got to sacrifice something to make that work. Right? But I know in my heart I can see this is what God blesses. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll choose it. I'll pick it every time. God is leading us outside our comfort zone. Uh, listen, when I talk to our children's ministry team, l- let me tell you what they say to me. They say, I wish you could see first to fifth grade services on Sunday morning. It's about a third white, a third black, and a third Hispanic. I know what the future Kingwood Church is. I know what it is, because it's over in Big City Studios right now. And it's, come, come on, go, go, go ahead. That's a good thing, isn't it? That's a good thing. Let me, let me give you one more uh, thought. Yesterday morning at 7.30, a whole group of our Hispanic ministry came and repainted this entire room. Now, maybe because of the lighting, it's hard. But on your, you just look. There's not a blemish, there's not a mark, there's not a dent, there's not anything. Repaired sheet rock from top to bottom, got on ladders all the way up to that roof. 7.30 yesterday, they came to me a couple months ago and said, you know, this is really one of the ways that, that uh, we find joy in serving God. W- would it be okay with you if we painted the sanctuary? I said, would it be okay with me? Uh, okay, okay. Break my arm. Here's what it said to me that meant so much to me. Listen, here's what it said to me. This is not my church. This is our church. And this is not any race's church. This group identified so much with this church. They said, I want, we want to paint our church. We take so much pride. I want to ask this morning, those of you who were here serving yesterday, would you just stand for a minute we want to honor you. If you were serving, would you stand right, right up here? Would you give these guys a great big hand?
Bless you guys. One of the doors that God opens when you follow Him, when you follow Jesus, is the door of the uncomfortable. But look at the unbelievable blessing. That's where the blessing and the joy is. Here's the second door. A door to the supernatural. Now, I, I want to explain this because I, I feel like the supernatural has gotten a bad rap inside the church uh, for two reasons. E- either, it's been, <laughs> either it's been misdiagnosed. <laughs> you somebody say something supernatural, it's not. Or, or, or it's been mixed with uh, dark or evil supernatural things in the world. It says, you know, all supernatural is bad, all supernatural is evil. Um, or we've just misunderstood it. So the supernatural is when something happens that's not natural. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm Captain Obvious. Supernatural is when something happens that's not natural. Natural things are what happen in the normal course of life. We're natural beings. We are not, we are not supernatural. I'm not saying we're not spiritual, <clears throat> but we're not supernatural. We're natural beings who are not supernatural. God's supernatural. We can't do supernatural things. Only God can do supernatural things. Now, let me give you a, a, a case in point. That is why water baptism is such a gigantic moment of celebration. Because something supernatural has happened that I and you can't make happen. Somebody has met Jesus. They've been forgiven. They've been changed. The old has gone away and the new has come. And they've purposed their life to follow Jesus. You can't make that happen in anybody's life. And I can't make it happen in anybody's life. That's not natural. It's supernatural. And so we can't heal anybody. We, we, that's supernatural. We can't uh, uh, heal anyone's soul. We can't break anyone free from bondage. We can't fill anyone with the Holy Spirit. We can't do any miracles. But when, but when we follow Jesus, he opens the door to the supernatural, and he does supernatural things through us when we follow him. Did you notice the things that were happening in Samaria? People were being healed. They, uh, even people that were paralyzed were being healed. <clears throat> people were being set free from evil spirits. People were standing in line to be baptized in water. And according to Scripture, there was great joy in that entire city. Can you believe this incredible thing that's happening in Samaria? Right in the middle of that incredible outpouring, you'll never guess what old Vanilla did. He left. He left. Acts 8.26 Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now this makes no sense to me as I'm just kind of reading the story. How could God want Vanilla, the leader of this incredible... I mean, he's obviously not a guy that is uh, starstruck or, you know, is massively charismatic or that people would confused. He seems like the perfect guy to lead this. He's in Samaria. He's not even among the Jews. I mean, why, why would he leave now, the leader of this movement? But he had learned what it meant to follow Jesus. And so when you follow Jesus, you follow him wherever he leads. So he leaves the joy of that city. He goes to a desert road that's abandoned. And why would he be on this abandoned road? But when he's traveling down the road, he sees an Ethiopian official. An official, a high ruler in the Ethiopian government is there in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. Is that an accident? 
No. When you follow Jesus, he opens supernatural doors. This is a supernatural appointment. The angel actually told him to take away where he thought he probably would pass nobody all the way there. Rather than the Roman road, it would have been like I-65. So how are you going to have a God appointment on this abandoned road? Well, when you follow Jesus, he opens the doors to the supernatural. So if Jesus say, take the abandoned road, you take the abandoned road. And he did. And he meets this Philippian official, um, this uh, uh, Ethiopian official reading the book of Isaiah. And he asks him, do you know what you're reading? And right there on the road, this Ethiopian official has an encounter with Jesus so much so uh, that, uh, that vanilla baptizes him in water. It kind of reminds me, uh, several years ago, many years ago, I was in Argentina at a church service, and I was preaching. And it was the prayer time after, and I, I re- the Lord just tugged on my heart. I saw a guy over there, and the Lord tugged on my heart, and, and I, I, I just felt like I needed to go pray with him. Well, he doesn't speak English. I don't speak Spanish. So I have to find the interpreter. The interpreter comes and says, I want to pray with this, I want to pray with this uh, man. And so as I start to pray, the Lord just fills my heart with something so strong. God just put it on my heart so strong. So I'm praying through an interpreter, through a a translator, and I say, uh, the Lord has a word for you. He wants you to know that it's time to stop running. It's time to stop running and it's time to come home. And God wants to restore in your life peace. And, and, And I'm telling you, he starts crying so loud, I can hear him. I mean, he, he's moaning. And he crinkles down in a corner, and he's just crying, poured out on the floor. I, I can't talk to him. I, I, don't, I don't know what's happening. And so I asked the uh, translator, I said, who, who is he? He said, that's the pastor's son. I said, I, I, I had no idea. But when you, but when you follow Jesus... When you follow those nudges and impressions that are so subtle, sometimes you might even think you're making them up. Supernatural doors open. Things start to change and things start to happen that are miraculous. Here's the third door. When we, when we follow Jesus, he opens up the door of the uncomfortable. He opens up the door of the supernatural. He opens up a door to legacy. Now, this is a powerful thought. So the story with Vanilla didn't end. Let's go back. He's baptizing the Ethiopian official. He brings him up out of the water. And something so crazy happens that I can only ask you to read it yourself. Or else you might not believe me. He baptizes the official. God supernaturally grabs Philip and zaps him out of town. And like beams him up like he's on Star Trek. He, you know, I don't know if he started to fade. I don't know how that works. Are you Trekkies? But he beamed him up. He shot him over 34 miles to another town. Philip reappears and keeps ministering. <laughs> I just don't, I'm, not, I'm not even sure what category to put that in. Can you imagine this? Here he is. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Philip out. <laughs> he gone. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know where to put that. But after, after vanilla is zapped away, according to Ethiopian tradition, the Ethiopian official goes back to Ethiopia 
and spreads the gospel all over the country. And there has to be some truth. Do you know that even today, Ethiopia is 63% Christian? 2,000 years later? That's legacy. Now, 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 just, now, just zero in with me for a minute. Following Jesus opens doors of legacy. You might think that you have something important to leave your kids or your friends or your neighbors or whatever. Maybe you wrote a book and maybe you have a good job and maybe you have a company or maybe you have possessions or maybe whatever. Can I just tell you this morning, there's nothing on earth that compares with a spiritual legacy. To know that you have sons and daughters in faith walking this earth. I promise you, I promise you, the further you go along in life and the more closely you follow Jesus, nothing will become more valuable to you than the sons and daughters of faith that you have. Those people who have found Christ because you followed Him. Those people who've learned to know the joy, the peace, the forgiveness, the confidence of heaven, the confidence of eternity, the, 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 the surety of God's Word. There's nothing that will mean more to you than the sons and daughters of faith that you have inside your own family and outside it. Now, I'm going to ask the uh, worship team to come. You don't have to stress. I think sometimes we felt too much pressure and, and maybe we've given too much on, you know, on let's make a difference. You don't have to stress over whether you're making an impact or not. I want you to, I want you to process this with me. If you're following Jesus, and the more closely you're following Jesus, you, you are making an impact whether you see the impact or not. You will make an impact. Things are happening in your life. But how can I say that? Because I know where Jesus leads. <laughs> you don't have to try to do 91 things. You don't have to try to balance it all. It doesn't have to be complicated. I guarantee you, the closer you follow Jesus, the more He... I don't have to do it. Nobody has to do it. The more He will urge you, the more He will prompt you, the more that He will show you, the more that He will open doors, the more that He will make divine moments appear. I, I, let, let, me, let me reverse that statement. If no doors are opening in your life, you might want to check and see how close you're following Jesus. Because when we follow him, doors open. It doesn't mean who has the best story and who's seen the greatest miracle. It's not all about that. It's about if you follow Jesus and the closer you follow him, doors will open. Uh, conversations will be there. Opportunities will arise. You will find yourself in the right place at the right time, in the right relationships, in the moment. And it'll seem coincidental and it'll seem accidental and you'll think, how, how incredible that I find myself in this moment. How, how did that happen? I'll tell you how it happened. You took the desert road instead of I-65. And because you did, you went the way Jesus led you and now this door's opened. And, and that's how it happens. I want to um, pray with you uh, before we leave. 
And I want to I wanna invite you to prayer. Um, I want to ask if you'll stand with me. And I want to ask our prayer team to come this morning. This is a... Um, if, you'll give me, if you'll give me a couple minutes... is a really powerful moment it's a it's a God planned moment and there's several there's several things in prayer I just want to give you that we can pray about and some of them are going to be right for you and and some of them will be for somebody else but this this prayer time this morning is really really for believers and so I'm thinking about those of you who God has opened a door. He has put something on your heart to do or to say. And you're struggling with that. You want to be, you know, you want to be faithful with that. You want to be, you're struggling with it a little bit. But you know there's a relationship, there's a friendship, there's a, a job, there's a, um, there's something God's put on your heart. It's already there. I, we're not trying to, we're not trying to stir it up. It's there. It's on you. This is really specific. So there's a relative you've been you've been thinking about lately. There's a friend, a neighbor you've been it's just been kind of it's very subtle. It might be a thought that shoots through your mind for a second and then you move on to a hundred other things. I just want to confirm this morning that that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. That is him. That's that's what he sounds like. And this morning, I want to invite you to pray about that. I want to invite you to pray that God will help you, give you the courage, give you the patience, give you the joy, give you the, the strength to, to do whatever it is that He wants you to do with it. And I'm just going to come into agreement with you, and our prayer team is going to come into agreement with you, that as you follow Jesus, the right doors will open. You don't have to kick them down. You don't have to pressure anybody. You don't do any of that. The right door will open. Because that's what Jesus does. He opens doors. He opens doors we can't open. We can't open doors. I can only go through them. And that's all you can do. So, in a minute I want to ask you to pray. This is obviously a prayer for believers. You're a Christian. You're a believer. And um, in a minute I'll ask you to come. Stacy, come, come here with me for a minute. Come, come over here. I, I want to give you an example this week she said to me, Stacy's been struggling with this disease she's fighting, and she said to me, she called me the other day so excited, she said, you know, I went for a walk, and this uh, two, two different people, this lady I don't even know, stopped and rolled the window down and said, man, I'm so inspired by you that you're out here walking and, you know, fighting, and I can't tell you what it means to me that you'd do that. And I thought, you know, here she is, gets up every morning and prays, does her devotions, and rather than just quitting or giving up, there she is walking out there, fighting the pavement. You know, you can call that what you want to call it. I call that following Jesus. And when you do that, you got people in the neighborhood that stop and roll their window down and say, wow, you, you touched me. Everybody's got something to do, right? Everybody's got a door that Jesus wants to open, but it just it takes some following. And I'm so grateful for her life and so proud of her spirit. 
And I've watched her. She inspires me. I've watched her. Not give up, not quit. Oh, she'll struggle. She'll go up and down. But she always comes back up. And I've watched her. And I'll tell you, she's, she's a hero to me today. So today, we want to pray with you. Every eye closed. You're here this morning, and there's an opportunity. There's somebody on your heart. I want you to just lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I, I don't, we're not going to work it up. I'm not going to describe it anymore. You just know. Just lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Just lift your hand. Yeah, that's me. Okay. I want you guys that lifted your hand to come on to come on and let one of the prayer team agree with you. And here's all you're saying. Just agree with me that I'll have the discernment and the courage and, the, and the, um, I'll have what I need to see the door when it opens and know, know what to do with it. Go ahead and come on. Go ahead and come on and we'll pray with you. Because I, I, there's another prayer I want to I say to everybody else. Uh, nobody looking around. Let's just let it be a private moment. Maybe you're here and you're not a believer. Or you're a long way from God. I want you just to... Um, I want you to think of a person who encouraged you. I mean, obviously somebody encouraged you or you wouldn't be here today in a church. Somebody encouraged you toward God. Somebody encouraged you to think about God or to talk to God. Somebody encouraged you that there was a God, that God loves you. I just want you to think of that person right now. I want you to think of who they are. I want you to think of the occasion. I want you to think of the time. I want you to think of the things they've said to you and the ways they've encouraged you. I just want you to think of that. And I want to, I want to, I want to pray for you this morning. Today, if you say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm further away from God than I've ever been or than I should be, or maybe I'm not even, I'm not, I don't even know if I'm a Christian today. Would you pray for me? Would you just lift your hand? And I just want to pray for you. Would you lift your hand? Would you just lift your hand? Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Yeah, I see your hand. Good, just lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you, okay? Yeah. Who knows? We might. I see your hand. Yes, ma'am. You put it right back down. Thank you so much. Who, who knows? Uh, I see your hand in the balcony. We might be on a... Who knows we're not on a desert road right now? This isn't a divine appointment. All right, I'm, I'm going to pray with this group, and then I want to pray with everybody, and then we'll go. Those who lifted your hand, I want you just to pray with me today. I'm going to pray that God's going to help you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the gospel of Jesus. I thank you for the work that's happening in these two people's hearts this morning. It's as valuable as anything else we do today. I thank you for the people that you sent to them to minister, to encourage to build them up, to put ideas in their mind that you're real and that you love them. And Lord, I pray today that your love would continue in their heart. And as they open their heart now and open their mind, God, I pray you would prove yourself to them as the God who loves them. Encourage them this morning, Lord, to take a step of faith and to trust you. That today would be the day that they trust you and they know you. Today would be the day that they take a step toward you Say, God, I, I need to know you're there. I need to know you're real. Help me today. Help me today. I want everybody in the building this morning, if you would take the uh, invitation card that you have, take the card that you have. We handed them out a few minutes ago. I just want you to put it in your hands. 
Maybe you just close your hands around it like, uh, like you're clasping them for prayer. And we're going to say a prayer together and we're going to go. Would you pray with me that God is going to open doors for you this Easter as you follow Him? Lord, we pray with this little card in our hand. And we know this card represents so much more than a picture or an image or a graphic or an idea or even a single service. This represents a seed that can be planted and sown and watered and fertilized and nurtured and that can come up. And So Lord, I ask you to help us to follow you. Just pray that with me. Lord, help me to follow you. God, I want to be a, a good follower of Jesus. And as I follow you, Lord, I ask for open doors. I ask for on, on Facebook and Twitter and email and text and whatever medium that it takes, Lord, I ask you to, to use me this Easter that I might be a blessing and I might be an encourager. I might be an inviter. I have a testimony. Therefore, I might be an inviter. And Lord, we would see people come closer and come to faith. Use me now. Use this card. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Hey, I'm going to ask the worship team just to sing through what you're playing. The prayer team's here if you need prayer. God bless you. Great to see you today.